Bap, bap, bap. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, y'all. Bap, bap, bap. I'm here. I'm trying so hard to bap. But uh, I'm sorry I've been inconsistent with episodes. I know we had to take a couple weeks off. Just a little bit of an update here. A couple things are happening. First of all, I have hypothyroidism, which is... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is so anticlimactic. It's like, you know, when, you know, when like celebrities like come forward and like, guys, I need to share something with you. I have Lyme disease. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Who cares? I'm a little sleepy lately. I'm, I need to, I'm Thai-Thai. You guys, I'm in soups Thai-Thai. <laughs> It is real though, dude. When he told me about it, I was like, oh, this is like not it. I'll beat this. Like it is so <laughs> gnarly, dude. It basically means my thyroid is working about as well as the Sequest Titanic tour boat that basically <laughs> ended up being an easy bake coffin that was operated by a uh <laughs> yeah, what was it? A video game controller from Radio Shack. Yeah. <laughs> so being pregnant is pretty cool. Uh the baby just uses your thyroid just to lit. I don't know. It's just a little vampire just slowly kills your brain and sucks your heart out <laughs> and just starts, I don't know, snorting your thyroid out of your head. So already a great start to motherhood. Um, but I don't know. It's, it feels like, oh my God, complaining about being tired is literally, I hate it when people complain about being tired. You know, when you ask someone how they are, and they're like, I'm just like really tired. You're like, go to bed, like stop talking about it. But I do feel like I owe everyone an explanation for why I've been kind of MIA and podcast episodes haven't been coming up. So I just, it's like, did you ever have mono in high school, Pat? I heard about it constantly. Nerd. Okay, good. Because whoever did, I used to make so much fun of the mono people that were just like, <laughs> you can't even make out with a stranger without napping for seven months. Like, pull it together, dude. But I guess that's what it feels like. Um, anyway, speaking of kissing strangers, Adriana Chechik is our guest on the show today. Adriana is an adult thespian. She's won over 35 awards for her work, none of which I can name on here, or the YouTube dorks will restrict this video like they did the Riley Reed one. Um, YouTube, I don't know what's going on. It's it's turned into Disneyland. Uh, and it's just very frustrating because you guys have wanted me to have Adriana for so long. And now I feel like there's a lot we have had to bleep or sort of creatively cut around. There's a couple parts of it that I'm just going to put on my OnlyFans page because I know it's going to, you know, get us punished in the YouTube algorithm. But um, if you don't know Adriana, a 2019 Jezebel article on female. How can I say this word without don't YouTube? do the hard J. Female ejo? Ejaculation. No, female <laughs> Female. I mean, can we say... It is peeing, we've learned from the episode today. So female peeing, is that going to get us kicked out? Female pleasure peeing? Female... Yeah. Happy pee. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Adriana is a delight. She has so much wisdom, insight. She's been through a lot, incredibly resilient. It's always cool to talk to someone who it keeps reinventing herself. She sort of shares with us how she literally and figuratively got back up after falling down. She is a dream. Uh, Indy 100 described Chechik as one of the most famous names in Pang. Is that going to get it? You corn. can't say that I word. Think I think they're saying corn online. Corn. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> We're gonna call adult entertainment now corn. Corn stars. Okay, she's a corn star. Yeah. <laughs> corn on the cob star. <laughs> I will say that um some of our conversation does involve how to happy pee. Uh, and again, that will be on my OOF profile because YouTube is being run by nuns with OCD. I don't know what's happening. I love you guys. Enjoy Adriana Chechik. I'm going to go back to sleep for the third time today. <laughs> Gosh, you're making me nervous. Everyone's very flustered now that you're here. Oh, no. Um, I'm nervous. I get nervous. Do you get nervous before podcasts? I get nervous before everything. Super nervous. Really? Yeah, my hands get sweaty and stuff. What's the worst that could happen? This is what my therapist makes me do whenever I'm like nervous about something. She's like, let's walk through the worst case scenario. Uh, I'm like, you're fired. Yeah, nothing really. I just get nervous. I don't know. No, like what's going <laughs> to happen? When you start to actually think like what's going to happen? You're going to yeah. say something dumb? Fine. Yeah. Then we'll cut it out. Yeah. Fine. You're going to... I've what? already said all the dumb things. Yeah. So what else can you say? <laughs> I know you. Have, well, that ship sailed. I feel yeah. like for me, you know, it's only uphill from here. Um, so earlier we were talking about a very traumatic uh, situation in your past where you were emotionally harmed. I believe it's uh, being on a podcast called Two Bears One Cave. Yes. <laughs> Are yes. you recovering from this emotional I... trauma? I have recovered from this emotional <laughs> trauma. Um, Bert's still keeping the relationship alive. Uh, <laughs> it's ongoing. So, <laughs> Is he just in your DMs yeah. constantly? Yeah, he actually sent me, I think he sent everybody uh, when his movie came out, he sent the white Russians and Right, stuff. right, right. I got it at 11 a.m. So I got <laughs> wasted. So I never had one. And I was so hungover the next day I had to order an IV. And mm. I was, I couldn't even go to his premiere because I was like, I'm so hungover. You <laughs> like, what the yeah, I remember. So at the roast of Bert Kreischer that we did for OnlyFans TV, that's where you and I met. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. Bert, like, Bert doesn't really get nervous. Yeah. He doesn't really get nervous. He's, you know, he's Bert. He's topless more than you are at this point. And sure. he started getting really flustered and nervous at the premiere. And I didn't understand what was happening. It was like OFTV, the launch, you know, it's all these comedians are there. And then we were on the red carpet. He's showing his belly. He's yeah. got, you know, being silly. And then all of a sudden he's like, I just starts muttering stuff. He's like, my favorite porn star is here. <laughs> and I'm like, what is pull it together, oh dude? She doesn't know you. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't see you back through yeah. the camera. Like, yeah. she, I don't think she knows what you've done. No. To her. No. <laughs> she doesn't care. Just play uh, I mean, cool. I don't know if I want to image that in my head. <laughs> it was just like, if you don't tell her, she won't know. Yeah, totally. So just play it cool. Oh my gosh. But you got to meet him that night, right? Yes. Yeah. He's actually so nice. The greatest. Like, out of everyone I've ever met, he's always like, if you need help with marketing, if you, because I was, uh, I'm in the midst of starting a podcast as well, like everybody Good, now. good. He's like, oh, if it's a good podcast, like we can help you out with that as well. And mm -hmm. I'm like, just to be a big star and to be so helpful is so nice because you don't see that happening often. Yeah, he is the most ever. salt of the earth. Like, yeah. just great dude and yeah. really shows up. Yeah, for you how know? crazy he is. Let me ask you. Okay, so you went on their podcast. Mm -hmm. You've been going on lots of podcasts. It feels like you're in a big career like transition at the moment. Yes. Yes, I'm trying. Well, I'm not trying. I'm definitely not shooting porn anymore. I'm officially retired. And was this before the back injury? Um, So before the back injury, I did say I'm retired from shooting with companies because I just felt like the, the power of doing OnlyFans and controlling what I do on set myself was so much better. And then honestly, uh, there's like this weird thing in porn like where 
the directors hype you up. They're like, oh, my God, you're doing so great. Oh, my God, this is amazing. You're Mm -hmm. so awesome. So then you're, like, doing a sex scene for, like, two or four hours. Or you're like, okay, maybe I wasn't going to do, like, DP today with these two guys. But now I'm going to do it because you're telling me how awesome I am. So I was just like, I just want to work around females and I just want to shoot my own content. Females who are like, um, can you suck it in, please? Yeah, yeah. You exactly, look terrible. Exactly. You have a double chin. They're like, your extensions are showing. <laughs> like, I've literally had one time my extensions showing and no one told me. And I'm like, what the f is that, <laughs> shit, guys? Like, the guy would never notice no, that. No. Or just be like, cool, she's doing the dreads thing now. Yeah, Sick. Yeah. So then um after I hurt my back. I thought maybe I'd go back to porn, but obviously I can't move the same way. Yeah. Um, and then the fear is the fear that kind of like pushed me into making the decision is I don't want people to say, oh, well, she was so much better before. Mm. And it's really because normally I'm good at not listening to the noise. But lately I'm listening to it so intensely. So I'm like, I just don't want people to say like, oh, wow, she's so much better or this or that. And. I just want to reclaim my person, like who I am outside of the brand that I've built. So I'm like, I don't want to send nudies. I don't want to do any more pornos. Like, I want to be selfish with my body. No one else deserves it except for me. So, did you always? Because I feel like I was watching something of yours where you kind of had the mentality, like I'm, I'm gonna do as go as far as I can go, and then I'm gonna sort of use it for everything I can get out of it. Yes. Like, was that always kind of in the back of your head? Yeah. Like, the goal is when you get in sex work, the goal is to get out of sex work. That's what none of these, like, big stars talk about, right? It's fascinating. Because the reality is you don't want to stay in porn forever. You don't actually want to do sex work. You can enjoy it, Mm -hmm. but you really don't want to do that job, right? So you have a great time and you're enjoying it, but the goal is like, okay, now I can retire. Now I have a brand to live off. Right. Um. And I don't think a lot of a lot of people talk about that. But it's crazy because when you do get out of the industry, you get alienated by the industry. Like Mia Khalifa, porn stars will be like, oh, she's such a blah, blah, blah. And same thing about, um, you know. In recently- my business, when you stay in it, they call you a Really? <laughs> <laughs> when you leave, they're like, oh, she seems cool. But if I stay in it, they're like, Competition. Yeah. Competition. Yeah, they want you to get out of yeah. it, I feel like. Well, the male directors and the people that kind of control porn, um, they're the ones that start the conversation against the women who have left porn. Mm-hmm. So they kind of keep you in that system. And that's also another reason why I want to get out of it because I'm like, I'm tired of being a part of this system that keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see a lot of the m- manipulation that was going on. Like, I did a lot of things of my own accord, I enjoyed them of my own accord. But just like I shot on average for five years, 25 days a month, mostly anal scenes. And I would tell my agent I'm tired and he'd be like, oh, well, Adriana, um, someone's telling us you're getting fat. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm gaining weight. I got to work out. I'm not tired anymore because I'm too busy thinking about how fat I am. And also, then, guys love that. Yeah. They love a jiggly yeah. cushion for the push. They love when you fluctuate, too, because yeah. then it's like you get a little bit of – you get, like, skinny me. You get, like, yeah. chubby me. Yeah. You get, you get all these different – yeah, totally. Have yeah. a kid, you'll be MILF. Like, they don't – you know, they'll take it all. Yeah. So there was, like, a lot of distraction tactics that I realized um, recently that I'm like, I just don't want to be a part of anymore. And also that like guilting, that shaming, that pressure as if we don't put enough pressure on ourselves, like that pressure of just like – I'm going to lose this. This is going to go away if I don't keep doing it. And that's not for the right reason. Yeah. Well, I I can work at Walmart and be happy. <laughs> like I, I worked at CVS. when Walmart I was, has good benefits. Yeah. I'm like, you know, once I realized like 
I, when I was fine working normal jobs before I was ever even anybody, mm-hmm. I'm like, I can be fine just being nothing again. Like, I know I can always make enough to cover myself and be happy. And that's all that really matters. Can you imagine checking out at Walmart? <laughs> And her being the cashier. Oh, my God. Dude, that would be so chaotic. <laughs> I feel like you should do a show where you just do basic Undercover. jobs like that. Yeah, yeah. You just, you just watch people lose their minds. <laughs> totally, totally. You know? But I do feel like, you know, and I know I, I tend to, you know, compare sex work and, and comedy a lot, stand-up comedy. You know, it's like, you know, they started in the same space. You know, stand-up comedy really in America started in strip clubs. We've all mm-hmm. kind of like always been like hand-in-hand. You know, I have a lot of friends that are in sex work and and dancers and stuff. And, you know, it's funny because um, I feel like for the most part, strippers and, and sex workers kind of look down on us. They're like, oh, God, like – we, we show our bodies, but you guys exploit like your lives and your secrets <laughs> and your like mind, you know, like, like have some self-respect. Like when I go into strip clubs, they're like, how you doing? Really? Like, you OK? I love comedians because I feel like you guys are my groupies. Oh, we're, like I'm, comedians love me, you know, yeah, like comedians yeah. love me. So I'm like, you guys are my groupies. Yeah, it's so true. It's I don't think it's I, I think, I think stalker is the word. Yeah, I've given them a lot of gold I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think that the ones especially the ones that you know that that gravitate towards you I think are like really happily married good dudes yes, you know that yes. like aren't like spooky and yeah. you know creepy um let me ask you what do you feel like had you not had that freak back injury this is when you would have stopped or did you feel like it was in the back of your mind or you feel like the universe had to come in and kind of intervene or like it was like a sign like all right this needed to happen I think I think I would de- would definitely have stopped. So like I started streaming and I got a lot of power in having people realize like who I am for my personality and enjoying seeing me like on Twitch or just like playing video games or just on any other platform doing non-sex things mm-hmm. to where I was like, wow, I have so much more power than just selling my body. And that's kind of when I decided to like get out of it and then you know, right now I've like expanded on trying to teach like other people, other creators how to run your stuff without men because I'm so – I love you guys, but yeah. I'm so for like women building women teams. So I have um like a creator's university class that I'm working on and I'm trying to go into motivational speaking as I fix awesome. myself. Awesome. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. And um, if you feel comfortable talking about that, um, you know, I think that it's it, – maybe we both have this, maybe not. Uh, maybe I'm trying too hard to connect. But, you know, I'm in a job where I feel like I can kind of stay broken mm-hmm. for a very long time. Yeah. And it would either benefit me or just sort of keep me asleep or, you know, like I – in a lot of other jobs, you know, where you're not alone all the time, where you're not kind of going on stage – making fun of how horrible your decisions are and everybody laughs. Sometimes you get encouraged for staying broken, yeah. you know? And yeah. so for me, it's like I have to actively kind of like go, I need to mature around this. I need to heal this wound, even though this wound might be helping me in some way, you yes. know, or this, you know, low self-esteem or this high tolerance for being used or, mm-hmm. you know, this codependence, you know, like this might be benefiting me, but like I'm going to have to put myself first and heal. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about – you know, trauma and the trauma response is real. Like it is, mm-hmm. you know, and it tricks you into thinking you've healed it. Cause I'm like, what do you mean? How could I be traumatized? Look how confident I am. Like I'm yeah. playing these huge theaters. Like, or just like, what are you doing? You know, like fight or flight. For me, it's like every time I would get upset about something or anytime I would feel like 
my life was out of control or crazy. I just work harder. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, I didn't want to fix the problems I had because I was like, I would tell people, I'd be like, oh, well, if I didn't grow up the way that I grew up, I wouldn't be here today. Like, I wouldn't have tried hard enough to get here. Mm -hmm. But the reality is I could have grown up another way and still achieved the same thing because I'm, I'm the person that I am. But for a long time, I was just like, oh, it's the situations that made me push hard. But like, no. It's a way of kind of making it so that it wasn't so bad. I had Mm -hmm. to make it some kind of advantage. You know, I'm like, well, had I not had this abuse, like I wouldn't be this strong. And like if I hadn't had this abuse, I wouldn't have gotten funny, you know. And it's like, "Mm, I don't know. It's it's. Is that just me, you know, trying to like pretend it didn't happen, sanitize it, or like to not have to accept how bad it was? Yeah. Because I don't want to be a victim. Yeah, totally. You know? And so like what are you looking at right now where you're like, this is something I want to look at. This is something I want to maybe heal. Like, um, Well, first of all, I definitely want to heal. Like <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever had like – and this might be crazy, but I don't think I've ever had true love for myself. So I'd love to find love for myself. I'd love to be happy in my own body. Um, I started porn when I was 21 and before that I was stripping. So I've never gone by my own identity. Like in my head, I didn't think my real name until like six months ago. So I feel like I'm just learning exactly who I am. Like I'm like, oh shit, I like this type of music, yeah, not this type of music. So I want to figure out how to get into my skin and just be like, you're enough. You love you. Yeah. And that's the purpose. And like, who were you before all this? Do you, you know, and do you feel like, you know, because I started doing stand up around that time and it was always like, how do I become funny to these people? Like, yeah. how do I, you know, make these people like me? And I, I in relationships, I was, you know, wrote a book about being codependent, about mm-hmm. how it was like, you know, I was so identityless or I thought I had to kind of shape shift in order to um, people please others. So it was like, yeah, yeah if you want to go get Mexican food, I love Mexican, I do love Mexican food. But, you know, it's <laughs> sort of like I was so deferential to other people or yeah. I would so sort of like, you know, morph my identity into what I thought they wanted. I find my found myself like out of relationships being like, I don't even know who I am really. I even did yeah. it in friendships. You know, I'd be in a friend group where I was like, oh, they you go out and they party. Friends. They go out well. and they party. So I guess I'm this person. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you're not going to drink. And you're like, I guess I'm the drinking girl now, yes. you know? And then I kind of um, landed with like, wait a second, like, you know, just between me and my like I had to do this like inner child work where mm-hmm. I would, you know, you write in your dominant hand yep. questions to your inner child and respond in your non-dominant hand. Mm-hmm. And it's like this weird little magical exercise that helps you sort of reconnect with yeah. like what you're about. Did you find in relationships you struggled with? Um, I was in a relationship for 10 years. So pretty much my whole porn career. Mm-hmm. Um, we were open. Um, looking back on it, he was not the nicest guy to me. He was 20 years older than me. Um So he would gaslight me a lot. Like he'd be like, oh, I'll give you like Adderall or Molly. And then he'd turn around and be like, you're a drug addict. You're a really bad person. You're a drug addict. And then he would constantly be like, oh, you're fat. And he would actually try and control my food a lot. So that's why now currently I have such a hard time looking at myself in the mirror, not because of what the world has said about me, but because that one person has fed into me for so long. Um, And then I think that I just because everyone pumped up that it was cool to be sexual. Yeah. I over-sexualized myself and I lost myself in my sexuality. And I think that's, I literally just like picture myself being like a blow-up doll for the past 10 years of my life, you know, just floating around from place to place being like, oh, this is great. I'm entertaining you, you know? Yeah. Like the orgasms were real, you yeah. know? That that was great. But, yeah. you know, it was a very crazy, crazy experiences. You know, and then also to like what you said, like, you know, I think 
when I see online or whatever, people being so mad at like the Kardashians or, you know, the Vogue magazine or whatever about like unrealistic body image. Like, yes, I'm sure we don't, you know, can't really like prove causality with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, it sometimes can just take one person that that psychologically abused you so much that that's where your body image stuff comes from. Yes. That's where your stuff, you know? So totally. it's like when people are running around with like, you know, let's get mad at the models and stuff like that. I'm like, that's not how psychological abuse, like we don't talk about that enough in yeah. relationships when we're, you know, this, this sort of Stockholm syndrome of someone yes. that is taking the time. And when you've gotten so little love, like I got so little love growing up, and neglect at best that by the time someone was paying any kind of attention to me, even if it was you needed it, even if it was <laughs> you need to gain more, uh, you need to lose weight, but your boobs need to be bigger and this needs and your hair should be longer and you mm -hmm. should talk like this and act like this. It was kind of like someone cares. Yes. Is kind of like yes. what it felt like. And it took me so long to put together how toxic that was. Yeah. And I was actually kind of um, putting him as like a, kind of a in a weird way, a father figure. Sure. Yes. Because like growing up in foster care, I didn't know my mom. She was super nutso. But I put him kind of in that role, like where he would care for me. And a lot of the times I'd be tired even in sh like shooting porn and he'd be like, well, you want to be Adriana, you got to go today, you know. So like a lot of the times I went to shoot just because he would tell me to shoot. And looking back on it, like there was no reason for me to be shooting 25 sex scenes a month. Like mm. there's no reason. I could have shot five scenes a month and still built a brand like I didn't have to exhaust myself. I didn't have to have like UTIs and yeast infections. And I had to get stitches multiple times. I'll, I'll say this one time I worked uh, five days after getting an abortion because my agent made me. And he was like, oh, you're just going to shoot anal. So I shot an anal scene after that. And it was like crazy that I didn't even stop to think like how traumatic that was. And I was 20, I was 24 at the time until like last year. Hey y'all, as you know, this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Life is a nightmare. And of all the things that I've tried to make life more manageable, and I've tried it all, I've tried it all, folks. Weed, mushrooms, astrology, denial, Tide Pods, gold digging, even the most expensive Hollywood cults couldn't do the trick for me. The only thing that truly works on a cellular level for me is talk therapy. It creates immediate relief, gives me perspective, helps me not go to the problem for the solution, helps me delineate the difference between feelings and facts so that I don't take out my ephemeral emotions on an innocent person or send a tweet I will regret or these days a thread I will regret. Thanks, Mark Zuck, for adding another addiction into the mix. We all needed that. We decided what better way to show you guys how effective BetterHelp is than to let y'all in on a special session I had with a BetterHelp counselor. Hey, Sue Jo is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she was kind enough to do some segments with me. Hey, Sue is the current head of clinical operations at BetterHelp. In this segment, I'm gonna talk to her. I'm gonna ask her some questions that y'all sent in. Trigger warning, this segment, it does mention sexual abuse and regular warning. I say some things that are super embarrassing. Mark in Boston, uh, should I have a therapist of the same gender? Ooh. I mean, I live in LA. I don't see gender, but Mark does. <laughs> um, I encourage folks to have a therapist that they feel safe with. Mm. Sometimes gender is a, fact a factor in that. And sometimes it's not. Um, but I think the the most important factor beyond gender, race, your therapist, political alignment, which hopefully never even comes into the room, <laughs> uh, regardless of all those things, you need to feel safe with this person, or at least in the beginning, you need to feel that you have hope that you can feel safe with this person. Um, and if, if 
having a therapist of the same presenting gender as you, if that's what helps you feel safe, then go for it. Look for somebody like that. But I certainly don't want people to hold themselves back from working with somebody because of a gender difference. Um, you know, this is a human connection and a human relationship, and you're not there to be sitting with someone that's exactly like you. Um, if anything, you're looking for someone that can see things a little bit differently to model and help you have mm -hmm. different kind of perspectives um, when you're navigating life's challenges and needing to problem solve. Um, so it's really, it's really up to each individual what they prefer. A lot of people will prefer something and that preference can change over time too. And something that actually helped me. And, you know, I think it was because when I started therapy, I had so little money that, that, you know, spending money on it. Uh, I felt like I really needed to get my money's worth, you know, it was mm -hmm. so, you know, and, and I think I actually derailed, uh, uh, what I was saying before, one of the biggest limitations of, uh, for me going to therapy was having to drive there, having to get in the car, having to go sit in traffic, having to go like feed the meter. It's like, I was like going to therapy causes more stress than whatever, you know? So I think this, you know, doing it online has been just a freaking miracle. Um, but something that really helps me is to just say that. I realized I was going to the therapist and I would lie to him. And I, I don't know if I was trying to just, you know, Form, get him like be liked, be, it's I not, also, it's not uncommon. In one day I just said to him, I was like, I, I sometimes am not lie. I lie to you sometimes. What's up with that? And he was like, let's dig it. And I was like, why? I feel that I need to impress you. I feel you know, for me, and it was because we had worked together for a while and I didn't want him to think he was a bad therapist. Mm. <laughs> so I was like trying to go like, and I'm doing much better in this area now. And, you know, I, I broke up with this guy, which I ha I just didn't want him to think his therapy wasn't changing me fast enough. And mm -hmm. he was like, let's dig into why you think I lose sleep at night thinking I'm a bad therapist instead of you prioritizing your health, you know, mental health, you know, and I, you know, it's part of the reason I, I don't do a lot of things that would qualify as self-care. Um, I've gotten two massages in my life. Uh, I've had to, like, they were gifts that I, the entire time was so stressful because I was trying so hard to convince the therapist how relaxing it was <laughs> for me. And it, I was like performing like, oh, this is amazing. Even though I like really actually don't like people touching me and, you know, I have sexual abuse in my past. And I actually was like, massages just aren't for me as of now, but I put myself in these incredibly stressful situations that are supposed to be relaxing and then spend all this, you know, energy trying to take care of the other person's feelings. <laughs> I was trying to take care of my therapist's feelings. Um, do you do in the same thing with the, the gender thing? If you have a, th just say it, be like, I, is it weird that I'm think it's weird that you're a guy? Is that, let's just talk about that. Just talk about the thing that you're worried about. Yeah. It's, I encourage people to bring up anything and everything in the room. Your therapist, strong statement, should be able to receive the things that you're bringing. Um, mm. Most therapists that have been practicing for some time, it's going to take a lot to shock them. Um, yeah, yeah. We also go through training and we have ethical codes to be in consultation so that we're dealing with our own stuff that's coming up from things happening in session. Oh, interesting. Um, the feelings that come up about a therapist from the client, because there are going to be those personal things, feelings of wanting to take care of them, of wanting to 
make sure that they're okay, take care of their feelings. Like anything that client is feeling on such a deep level about the therapist specifically, it has a word, it's transference. And this is something that people can look into if they want to know more about it, but it's very common and it's expected by therapists for clients to feel some type of way about them in good ways and bad ways, ugly ways, hard ways. Um, And then on the flip side, therapists are people. We're just people. And we're going to develop feelings about and towards our clients too, as other people. That's called counter-transference. And and it's my professional duty to deal with that stuff so that you don't have to take care of me. You should never be in a position to have to take care of me. Um, That's not why we're here. I am here for you. And the things that I need to uh, do to take care of myself that happens outside. And that's part of my professional duty as a therapist. Thanks. Hey, Sue, I'm all fixed. I forgive my dad. Now back to Adriana. So there's a lot of traumas that have kind of built up for sure. For sure. You know, if I've learned anything, I've tried to outrun them, Mm -hmm. you know, but like they catch up, up, dude. (laughs) They're like little ghosts just like on your heels. They're like, when are you going to process this? When are you going to process this? And, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it. And I'm not diagnosing you with this. This is just my experience with like workaholism, you know, and it's a good way to mask things. And it's so rewarded Mm -hmm. with money, with awards, with accolades, with, you know, I went to a Workaholics Anonymous meeting once. That's a real thing? Oh, yeah, it's a real thing. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. Maybe I should go. It's fascinating (laughs) because I've been in ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics, which just means you've grown up in alcoholic homes and you have other addictive behaviors that might not be, you know, necessarily to external substances. It's more the internal drug cabinet. You know, Mm -hmm. adrenaline, you know, uh, uh, turns into dopamine. So it's like you're in dramatic relationships. You're in chaotic situations, you know. I would find myself just like always, you know, high on adrenaline. And if I didn't have chaos going on, I had to kind of create it. Or if I had like an empty day, I had to like find, you know, friends going through a breakup. So I'm over there helping her move and helping get her to a new hotel. Just like always. And then, you know, it's always the people that say like, I hate drama. Yeah. Those are the people that qualify for the most part, right? Because you always are whatever you're resisting. But so... I found myself being like, you know, what other ways am I anesthetizing? You know, I definitely did it with food for a long time, Mm -hmm. with restricting food, Mm -hmm. um, with relationships, like love addiction stuff. You know, that shit is real. Like the being in, you know, if they define an addiction as as when something uh, stops being fun or when it no longer becomes a choice. Like when you're in a toxic relationship and you're like, I know this is bad and I always have a pit in my stomach, but like I can't. You can't leave. I can't leave. Yeah, I wanted to leave for five years. But there's just. I stayed in my relationship for five years. Because it either recreates your childhood circumstances, yeah. it recreates some kind of... I didn't want to be alone. And I was afraid. I was afraid to be alone. That's exactly what it was. And it's like, I'd rather be in the uncomfortable familiar than the uncomfortable unfamiliar. Yeah. You know? And having such low self-worth, it's like, what am I going to do without this person? Exactly. You know? What am I going to start over? Like, they've convinced me that I'm such a piece of shit mm-hmm. that, like, I'm not going to be able to function without them anyway. Exactly. And then you go, like, what am I going to start over? Like, who's going to love me? You know? Yes. So it's just... But going to a Workaholics Anonymous meeting was so wild. Everyone was like 45 minutes late. Because <laughs> they were all working? <laughs> yes. We all came in late and it was in LA. So it was all kind of like like known people, yeah. you know? And the first thing we all said to each other, you know, we'd be like, hey, I love your work. 
like such a big fan. And the woman running the meeting was like, I'm not allowed to say that uh, here. And everybody goes around. There was a woman that was intensely addicted to crafting. Uh Like she couldn't stop crafting. And there was another woman who like had a business and she would sneak out at like two in the morning and go back to her like boutique. Yeah. And like work on stuff. And, you know, and I was like, that sounds crazy. And I was like, wait a second. I wake up at two in the morning and just do it from my phone. I mean, what's the difference, you know? That's so true. And the woman that was addicted to crafting, I was like, that sounds crazy. And then two days later, I'm on Instagram, like putting the little emojis up. I'm like, I'm basically- <laughs> You're crafting in a different form. I'm basically form. making a little scrapbook on my IG stories. Yeah, like, what's totally. the difference, you know? Totally. And then at the end of um, 12-step programs, they go, uh, you know, God, Graham, the serenity, accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. It works if you work it and you're worth it. Mm-hmm. But you have to just go keep coming back. You're fabulous because <laughs> it's you can't say work. And yeah. we're all just like, never went back, was too busy, but like <laughs> glad I went, you know, yeah. because it is a real drug, you know. The shitty part about porn is you get that dopamine release and what they don't tell you, and which I tell girls all the time, um, I think why a lot of porn girls suffer with depression is because when you're on set, you're doing those hardcore scenes, everyone's praising you, and then you're having orgasms. And then the next day, almost all my friends will be like, oh, I'm so sad today. Today sucks so bad. And I'm like, yeah, because there's a come down. It's a literal come down. And people don't tell you that. They don't tell you to be prepared for that. Yeah. So instead of having the come down, you're just like, I'm just going to shoot every day. So I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting like all the attention, the accolades, the actual dopamine. Yeah. Would you, this might be a crazy question, after that relationship, would you recommend an open relationship or do you think they're possible and um, functional? Okay. So like <laughs> I, what, social, what I feel like I should say for social media is yes, but, um, <laughs> but like my true self, my true self, like before I was in an adult and like my true self, I personally don't think open relationships are beneficial. I personally don't want to be in an open relationship. Like I want to find somebody that I love enough to be bored enough with to, to hang um. around, you know, because I think I think good relationships are not necessarily like boredom in a bad way but are just a constant like that's what I'm starting to figure out it's like I'm kind of like talking to this guy right now and it's just a constant steady like just nice flow of things there's no like erratic peaks or you know lows extremes yeah and I'm like this is what this is what it should be and (laughs) I love the idea of telling him like I want to be with you it's just this is so boring and it's perfect yeah I literally <laughs> said that the other day he was like oh great <laughs> cool like maybe bite your tongue on that one yeah. um it's it it's you know I remember when I was in the love addiction recovery thing um you know the sponsor was like uh and I was like how do I know I'm in a healthy relationship like I don't even trust myself anymore yeah. you know and she was like um you're gonna have to come to terms with being bored because for you what you think boredom is, is actually just serenity. Yes, exactly. No surprises, no waiting for the other shoe to drop, just consistent. And the key is, are you going to be able to handle someone consistently loving you without being disgusted by them? Yes, totally. You know, you know, when I first started dating this guy, he actually wouldn't hug me because he was afraid to because I'm so closed off. He was like really afraid. It's really crazy that I do sex work, but I'm super closed off. Like anyone around me will not will not touch me. Um, 
I probably cried. The only time I've ever really cried is when my dog died. Mm. But I'm always like, oh, I don't like holding hands and stuff like that. So I've kind of gotten to that like, with fish, him. That costs money. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I've gotten to that with him, you know, um, and we're just dating because I need to just be single for forever. <laughs> and also just like moving slowly. Like it took me so long to, you know, actively like deprogram like, you know, what we saw in movies and what we hear in music, which is yeah. like you meet and it's this passionate thing. Like but you should have butterflies in your stomach. That means it's passion. Like, no, that's your that's your a pit in your stomach saying like this is bad news. Totally. Like get away from this person. Totally. You know, and like we've completely like whether it's movies, whether it's TV, whatever, have managed to gaslight us into believing that a pit in your stomach is butterflies yes and that it's like your soulmate it's illusionist feelings and the worst is when it's someone that you actually like that's like a good person and you overdose on each other too quickly yeah and it's just like too much too fast see i haven't had that happen yet okay so like you're taking it so do you have like like boundaries in place or like we'll see each other a couple days a week or yes we'll... yes definitely do our own thing so that's good what is the worst thing someone could come up and say to you like um, what is what is something you're like that's fine and things we're like Please don't do that because it seems like you're in a sensitive place where you're sort of ready to, you know, treat yourself differently and allow different yeah. energy coming at you. And for the people that want to get it right, yeah, I think it's always helpful to – I think the worst thing somebody could say to me is like I don't matter or my opinions don't matter. Oh, sorry. I mean like <laughs> they see you in public and they're like, oh, there she is. Oh, what's the worst thing? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Can you imagine someone being like, oh my God, there she is in Starbucks. Hey, your opinions don't matter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, what's the worst thing somebody could say me, to me if they saw me in public? Like what, what is a good way to approach you, if at all, and what's the not way to do it? Um, oh my gosh. That's so hard. I think it's good to approach me by just like coming up and saying hi mm -hmm. and being like, I hate when people are like, are you uh, yeah, that Don't do this. Don't do this. Yeah. Just like risk it and be like, hey, are you Adriana? I love your work. Great to meet you. Can we get a photo? Recently, something that I've started to realize too is I don't like when someone comes up to me, like a group of guys. If you're a group of guys, don't waste your time coming up to me to say hello because you're taking like 10 to 15 minutes out of my, my time. Mm -hmm. And then also a group of guys together approach me differently because they think that's how they can. I had a guy recently approach me and then he got a photo. Then his friend got a photo. Mm. Then he asked if he could kiss me and I was like, no. And then he asked if he could kiss me again and I still mm. said no. And then what happened is, is all these other guys came and they were taking the photo with me and the parents started taking photos. Oh, wow. Like they were, they were older kids, but the parents started taking photos, but laughing. Right. Like, so like, I am like, you guys are making me like a bad commodity right now. Like, I feel You're like embarrassing I'm a, a, me. Yeah. That's I feel like I'm at a carnival show. Like, hello, here's the freak show, you know? So like stuff like that, I think is terrible. I've also kind of don't want to, I really like, I'm sorry to my fans. I don't want them to come up to me right now. Cause I'm in a bump, like a moment of healing. Right. Um, so what happens is, is when I go out and a fan comes up to me and say I'm out with my friends uh, and I'm going out as I say this name because it's okay. Des. I'm going out as Des. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden fans come up to me and recognize me. The night turns into Adriana. And right. then I'm like, oh, let me go look at my hair and makeup in the bathroom really quick Oof. in case somebody else recognizes me. My friends start being like, does that happen a lot? Oh, my God. That's so cool. And then they start talking about my job. And it'll literally be a 30-minute thing to where all of a sudden the person that I am is not out anymore and Adriana's out. So currently right Oof. now- Do you feel like it's like an alter ego that you can like click into? For sure, 100%, 100%.
It's like I don't not multiple personalities, just like, but it's, bruh, it's like definitely just like that for sure. Like hot, yeah, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde for sure, a hundred percent. Did you know you were gonna get this famous? I and the reason I ask is I have a theory. Like, it's gross to say, but a lot of people I know that got they were like, I knew I was like. You couldn't have been doing it all being like, this isn't going to work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I actually, everything I've ever done, I've always been like, oh, I'm going to achieve the best. Like, mm -hmm. like when I first got into porn, I was like, I'm going to be AVN Performer of the Year one day. Yeah. So I definitely thought I was going to be big, but breaking my back changed everything. Because I was really popular, mm. but then when I broke my back, it's just like that news for some reason went around the world. Yeah. And- because it wasn't porn star breaks her back, most of the articles were streamer breaks her back. Uh -huh. I was I was in everyone's TV or their living rooms. They were talking about it with their moms and stuff like that. So it was normalized. And that's kind of when I started going out and really getting recognized. Yeah. That's why I get the negative swatting and stuff because people are like, oh, stay in your lane. Or, you know, I've gotten so much more hate because it's just- Twitch streamers don't want porn stars coming into the Twitch space, you mean? Uh, not not the streamers necessarily, oh. the fans, some of the viewers, the viewership. Like they there's so cool. many guys online that are just like, what are you doing here, slut? Like you're you're not doing anything. And Men I'm, online I, love me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I play hardcore games too. I'm like, I'm not in a fucking hot tub, bro. Like I'm playing a game better than you would right now, you know? But they're just crazy. But that's kind of like common in the gaming community, like the doxing and stuff like that. Like I've yes. had doxing. I've never had swatting. You've yeah. had a tremendous amount of where people just like call in a bomb threat and then the SWAT team shows yes. up at your house. Yes. It's wild. Normally it's something crazier than that. They'll be like, ah, oh, she's being held hot or she's holding someone hostage in the house with a gun, you know? And I'm like, what? I don't even have a gun. And it's just me, you know? My dogs, like, dude, that I have all <laughs> kinds of weird weapons and all the plants in my bedroom. I have like knives all like in uh -huh. in like the plants, and I'm like, what is my plan? Do yeah. I think I'm just gonna like turn into a ninja all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> like sure. what? I don't know what I think. For my brain sure. just goes like, no, adrenaline is gonna kick in. That's exactly what I think. And I'm gonna become an incredible ninja. I'm or the, same way. the person that breaks in is gonna be like, this bitch is so crazy <laughs> that I'm just gonna like rethink this. I'm gonna Danny Trejo someone's ass with a machete. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna I do. I just figured if I just like throw it, <laughs> it'll just like when it'll stick in. If them. I throw enough of them, like one of them's gonna hit, or they're just gonna give up because they're gonna be like, this. I'm done. Yeah. Um, something that I find did work during the pandemic, I I don't know. A lot was going on and also nothing was going on. And I was like, you know what? Like, we're home for the next year. I mean, it seemed like we were never going to open up again. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of like performing as a stand up. And mm -hmm. I had been sh I was shooting a couple movies and they stopped production and it looked like we were not going to pick up for a really long time. And I was like, why don't I just dye my hair blue? Like I had for like makeup <laughs> artists and friends that were like hair artists that were losing like basically all of their income, losing their health insurance, like we're yeah. moving home because it's a job that you have to do close to someone. And so I was like, you know, what's the most expensive thing you can do? And they're like, let's dye your hair a color. I was like, great, let's dye, dye it blue. I've talked before about like my comedy influences or in influences as an entertainer or not just comedians, but also I love Dennis Rodman. I always loved okay. Dennis. I just loved him. I loved that he was like, and I, you know, played basketball pretty seriously. And I loved that even when he was like, you know, had oftentimes the most thankless job as, you know, defender, rebounder, like he was like, I'm entertaining you. I'm gonna have blue yes. hair. I'm gonna wear a wedding dress. Like if you're paying money for a ticket, like, you know, and I just totally. loved that. 
So as people are scrolling through your Instagram, everyone's just like, we're at home, we're bored. I was like, I'm going to have blue hair and I'm going to have the most fun. And like, you know, when else am I going to have blue hair? Exactly. People don't come up to you when you're a woman with blue hair. (laughs) Really? (laughs) They either think that you're like nuts, on drugs, or they just don't recognize you at all. So I should just dye my hair This might be the time. (laughs) I'm just telling you. In the gaming vibe, like I dyed my hair blue, purple, like all these different colors. And by the time someone heard my voice to recognize me like I was kind of like we're like was that her like you know wigs wigs yeah I could do wigs it worked um, I could do wigs it it definitely (laughs) worked for me so I did get knocked up it happened so I've been going to doctors up the wazoo so they can put things up my wazoo and you know what aren't up the wazoo people at front desks at doctor's offices who are helpful in any capacity to get you in to the wazoo doctor (laughs) since I found out that I have a tiny vampire uh, growing inside me and that I have hypothyroidism as well as cysts in my boobs, not the ones made of silicone. I also, guess what, have high arches, so I need orthotics. All I know is this baby better be a child star to make all of this worth it. Turns out I'm a big old mess (laughs) and thank God I got pregnant at a time when ZocDoc exists because I am sick of calling offices with landlines. I've had it. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for the ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. These doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients, not Bots, the average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 48 hours. That is it. What a miracle. You can even score same-day appointments. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately with just a few app taps. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with some receptionist weirdo listening to Enya. Go to ZocDoc.com Whitney and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Whitney. ZocDoc.com slash Whitney. I just gave birth. That's what I was saying. I have PTSD. So exactly every time I get swatted or something, I get, I get really crazy. Or I'll actually think that there's it'd be crazy a dude in my to house. not get crazy. It'd be crazy to not get crazy. Yeah. It'd be crazy totally. to have swatters show up at your house and be like, no problem. That was it. like what? That yeah. would be a wild response. Yeah. It's like your body's in and fight then, or like, flight. And like if there's like a cop that drives by my house where I hear a helicopter or I hear a siren, I actually will run to my windows and be like, oh my god, is it a bunch of police right now? Like, am I? Are they gonna like come in and maybe shoot my dogs or accidentally shoot me? Because every time, except for one time, it's been the full SWAT team. The last time I had 18 guns pointed at me, the very first time I had 20 guns pointed at me. And at the time, um, I had I didn't have like a gate around my house, so I just had dirt. And I just remember being so upset because they made me lay in the dirt to handcuff me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> the dirt, you know, like and I had to be like, guys, I'm just a streamer. And it was so traumatic because I just have never seen like that many. It's scary having guns pointed at you too, because it was in the middle of the pandemic. So you're like, oh, fuck, all these cops and all these stories you're hearing at the same time. And then, like, those are big guns. And they're doing their job. I mean, they, yeah. this is, you know, I've, they, they assume that the call is true, yes. which is their job, mm-hmm. you know? But if it's not true, you're like, you just rip my rotator cuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yes. So the, the first time they came, it was super aggressive. Did they start to catch on that, that, 
So they have, they do have me listed, but they still have to come. Um, the last time the sergeant finally came, and now it's not where they'll tackle me or come in my house, but they still bring the helicopter that circles around my house. All the cars still Ugh. come. Um, most of the time, there's only a few of them pointing guns this time. Um, and when I come out, they're like, I, I can just come out walking with my hands up and they're like oh hey it's you again are you okay i'm like yep there's actually two cops just that beat a dork in grand theft auto yeah there's actually <laughs> two cops that know me for video games and the one cop was like so have you beat the video game since the last swatting because i beat it two times i'm like fuck you motherfucker no i haven't why don't you just live with me so we can good cut this yeah. response time down but then i remember in the middle of the pandemic i had a guy jump my backyard fence and no cop showed up. I have – at the time, I had a, a pellet gun, and I think he was just like a bum, so he didn't know what was happening. Oh, God. But I shot him with my pellet gun, and I was like, get the <laughs> out of here, you know? And he climbed back over the fence and everything like that. But the cops didn't come until the next day, and I had to leave a voicemail because it was after hours. And I was just like, you guys will show up for swatting, but then, like, something real happens, you guys don't come. Like, this is crazy. It's so crazy. Ugh. And then, so, having all that, I mean, that's obviously, like, there's the adult traumas, like, the recent ones, which, like, yeah. I haven't even gotten to them. I'm like, I don't even know when I'm going to get to those. When you're yeah. like, oh, this thing that happened six years ago as an adult, you're like, yeah, I don't even know what category to put that in. Yeah. Um, you know, but also we were talking about that book called the body that keeps the score of mm -hmm. like how we keep trauma in our muscles, mm -hmm. you know, and EMDR also really helped me. Eye movement reprogramming and desensitization because okay. like we store, you know, the, the way that it was explained to me in layman's terms. And it's the only way I know how to explain it is like, you know, our brain takes in like 3 billion pieces of information a second, which is, mm -hmm. you know, it's tactile, like what you feel, how you feel, what you smell, what you see, you know, not just visually what you see, but all these other things, how you feel as well. And so, you know, let's say someone walked in here right now, like one of the traumas that happened to you, we got swatted, a bunch of police came in with a gun. Every, you know, basically your brain stops um, it freezes, fight, flight, mm -hmm. freeze, right? Uh, but the information is going to keep going in and all the information that's keep coming in is going to be filed under the folder trauma, right? Yeah. So so basically in three years, you're, you know, at a friend's house and the wall is this color blue. Yeah. And you're, you're not, you don't know why, but you're anxious and you're yeah. short tempered and you're annoyed and you're jumpy and you don't know why. It's because like, you know, your brain is like last time we were near this color, this happened. It's like your brain- your brain is only designed to protect. Last time there was a liquid death on the table, all of a sudden you're like drinking out of a liquid death on Bert's podcast or whatever, and you're like, oh, you're anxious, you're yeah. you're irritated, you don't know what. So it's yeah. like there's so much of this like anxiety that goes on. We don't know what it's coming from necessarily. And what EMDR does, it like deactivates okay. those things. I didn't realize how much trauma I had. This is embarrassing around Christmas. I hated Christmas. Like I would go through malls and like in October, like, why is really? your Christmas tree up? It's good, you know. And then I never celebrated Christmas as an adult, never had a mm -hmm. tree, none of that. And then I realized, like, that's when most of the abuse happened in the house. People were drunk, relatives okay. came, you know. So, so it wasn't was, a happy holiday. It was like the summer. pine smell and, you know, mm -hmm. the color, the red and the green. Like, it just pissed me off, yeah. you know, and stressed me out. And I would, like, get in fights in relationships. And I would, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you'd go through the, the memories of the EMDR and you're like, okay, this happened, this happened. What was there? What was behind you? What did you feel? And you're like, oh, there was a Christmas tree. Oh, there was, I was opening a present. Oh, this happened. And then you start. So you start breaking them down into pieces. And basically deactivating all those associations. Yeah. So you're not moving through life. Just the word triggered, I feel like is so overused, but it's like constantly just being triggered by stuff subconsciously. Totally. totally. I like that. I've what are some other ways that you feel like your PTSD shows up? Um... Well, I don't like being alone in a room with a man. 
Um, I get my PTSD shows up for that. Um, hiking, I get PTSD. Um, just because I had in the pandemic, I was saying earlier, I had someone attack me uh, when I was out hiking by myself. And ironically, um, I had just gotten my tits done and then I got fat under my eyes transferred or fat from here transferred under my eyes. So I don't know if you've ever seen what that looks like, but your whole face is bruised and your eyes are bloodshot red. So I was in a sweatshirt. I was wrapped here and my f***ing eyes were bloodshot red with bruises underneath of them. And some guy still approached me and then he was like, hey, I'm lost. Can you help me? And I grabbed my phone and the moment I looked down on my phone, he just tackled me. I got so lucky that my dogs, they've never been aggressive before, but they were aggressive. They attacked him. I kicked him. I got up. He pulled my backpack and I fell back down and I was <gasps> able to wrestle and get out of my backpack and just run down the mountain. And I like... I called a friend and I was like, hey, we're still meeting for dinner, right? In like 20 minutes. And I started like yelling like about things I was going to do later that day. And then I called the cops when I was down. And the cops were pretty much just like, the pandemic's crazy right now. We can't find him. So I don't know what to tell you. And I was just like, all right. So now like going hiking is really bad. Um, it's very hard for me to hike, which really sucks because it's something I love to do. Like I would go out into the, the Los Angeles National Forest by myself for like two days, you know, with my dogs and oh. just like love it. And I'm from Pennsylvania. The wilderness is like my favorite thing. I hiked the Appalachians for six months. So like I would never do that now. Like now on my hikes, I'm like terrified at night or like I do a lot of night hikes um, and I get I get so freaked out. Um, I also think um, whenever I stream now, I get paranoid. Mm. Because uh, a lot of the swatting happens when I'm streaming. So I kind of have to remember to like remain calm. Yeah. And then um, interactions with uh, different types of male streamers will give me like PTSD. Because like I did something where I talked to Andrew Tate. And then after that I got swatted and I got death threats. I got like a ton of bad stuff happened to me. So anytime I have interactions with like big male streamers that will come into my chat and do stuff, I'll be like freaked out. It just gives me bad vibes, bad juju. Do you like worry that they're like pranking you or like just that their fans are going to? Their fans are just so aggressive. Their fans are just like the alpha male typical type personality and they're just so aggressive. Alpha males don't act like – alpha males are I mean, I, yeah, I know. Sorry. I just feel like that word sometimes. Like, No, it's mis, It's misused. A hundred percent. It's misused. The alpha sleeps. The alpha has nothing yes. to prove. That's like omega bitch shit. Yes. Like that's what's – that's the problem is it's been so misused. Yeah, because guys look, like, oh, I'm alpha. Yeah. The alpha yeah. chills. Give me divine masculinity. Like that's what I want. I want a guy like that. What do you – can I uh, give some fan questions? Yes, please. They're sweet. They're actually really sweet. Really? Okay. Well, this one's not. Bert or Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love Bert, but I'm always going to say Tom because it, <laughs> Bert, you just don't take care of yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> He's too wild for me, too. He's like a 21-year-old girl. He know? does. It. Bert, dude, he'll drink like an amaretto sour like yeah. it's nothing. I'm yeah. like, what are you drinking, yes. Bert? He's like, just having a Zima. I'm like, yeah. where do you even get these beverages from the late 80s, early 90s? Right, right. Like, yeah. it's either you're going to drink Tito's or wear flip-flops. Not both. <laughs> you don't get to have both, Bert. Yeah. This is something actually for me. I was listening to you talk about something, and you've spoken out about 69. Uh -huh. And I am with you on this. Yeah. 
I hate it. I've never understood it. It yeah. seems like dorks that are obsessed with Tetris. Like, I don't – like, it. it's never worked. No. Someone's always smelling a taint, best case scenario. It's because it's only good for them because they're getting their <laughs> suck and they can smell our pussies. But, like, at the same time, I'm like – it's like a constant – you are adjusting the whole time you're trying to do it. You're like, oh, let me just, like, hold on. Let me get – a little bit better in here, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, I just can't... Is it... Well, I don't even know how it works. Like, it's. I always thought it was on the side. No, I, I feel like guys always put me on the top or they'll try and hold me. And then I'm like, oh, God, my head's so close to the floor. If you drop me, I'm fucking... Oh, like standing up? Yeah, I get a lot of guys that want to do, like, a standing 69, like... I get a lot of guys that are just like, hey, Adriana, you're good at acrobats. So, like, let's do them today, you know? I'm yeah. Like, no. Ugh, nerds. But 69 is the worst position ever. Has really anyone is. ever 69 and been like, like, high five at the end? I don't fucking think so. I don't know. If they have, they're lying. I just am like maybe like maybe like female to female. I think you need like a snorkel. I, there's like a <laughs> we need it. There needs to be like a device that's missing. There's like yeah. a band maybe yeah. like a, something. But I'm like, has this ever been cool or am I just horrible at this? <laughs> no, it's not cool. Like, why am it's I terrible. bombing? Like, I feel like I'm bombing. You know, <laughs> um, this look. Everyone's always has this question: Is squirting peeing? How much is pee? How much is squirt? I know she's so sick of this question. Um, so squirting is definitely having an orgasm while you pee. Yeah, that's the, yeah. <laughs> because like I'm having an orgasm while I'm peeing. It's just, it's such a go good orgasm. I'm not holding my bladder. Right. And that's exactly what it is. And is, whether someone's good at it or not, does it have more to do with practice or releasing your inhibitions? Is it more mental or more physical? I think it's more mental. You have to be able to let go. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say, like, before I do squirt scenes or anything like that, I've always masturbated in the bathroom before the scene and warmed myself up um, because it's sometimes I think it's it's also in a way intimate because it takes time to yeah. get to that. So you're pre-relaxing yourself yeah. so that you're not in this, like – Yeah, like, oh, we got to hurry up and fucking do it, you yeah. know? And then, like, oh, shit, now it's not going to work. Um, but, yeah, I like squirting. I, I have – I I don't – I, I don't think I can squirt anymore since my back injury. I have really bad bladder problems. So I think I'm never going to be able to squirt again. I tried for never four hours one time. Never going to squirt again. I know. <laughs> it's so sad. But Wait, like at least is... I'm going to like save on sheets and furniture. Dev, is, I was going to say, you don't have to go to Home Depot to get as many tarps. Yeah. I normally only fucked on my dining room table. So that's kind of nice. Uh -huh. uh, I can like in my bed now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having really comfy sex. I mean, I was going to say, like, there's, I feel like this is opening up a whole new world. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's, your life's getting boring in a lot of ways. You're going to have to have sex in beds. You're going to be with a guy that wants to hold your hand. Right, right. I, I, I welcome it. I welcome it so much. Do you have, from the injury, do you have more, like, operation, like, surgeries or physical therapy? Uh, so I'm doing physical therapy, uh, twice a week. I'm doing yoga twice a week. I'm doing massages once a week. Um, my bladder issues, we're fi trying to figure them out now because, mm -hmm. uh, when I originally hurt myself, I couldn't use my bladder at all. So I had no feeling. So they keep saying like, maybe the nerves will grow yeah, back. Yeah, right, right. But like what happens to me is I never fully, I can never fully like empty my bladder. I just feel like I have to pee all the time, but then i like, nothing comes out. Right. So I think like that might be the only like really, really, really long-term issue. And then. You've seemed like oddly calm about this whole thing. 
Like I was just like I, I was watching just as as you were coming on. I was watching when you were first talking about it, and then like, do you like lose it every now and then? Um, in the beginning, I did, but okay. I felt the only reason why I was so upset about it is because I was scared that I was never gonna feel better, um, and I couldn't think past the pain. But about a month into it, I just started to realize like. You know, you've already overcome so many things in your life. Like you've been through way many, way more trials than this. And this isn't going to keep you down. And I just learned a lot of pain, a lot of patience, not pain, (laughs) a lot of patience. And I realized you can just think out of it. Like when I'm in pain, I'm just like, if I just don't think about it, it doesn't hurt. Like it's temporary. Yeah. And I stopped. I stopped everything. So after the first week I was out of the hospital, I stopped pain pills because my mother was addicted to them. So I'm terrified. Mm. Even in the hospital, they were trying to give me uh, Dilaudid. And I was like, no, no, no. And before the surgery, the surgeon actually had to talk to me because I was refusing it. And she was like, this is the percentages of people that actually get addicted from surgical procedures because that's how much I was freaking out about it. Yeah. Um, so I got off everything. I'm not on any nerve blockers or anything like that because I like to feel my body. Yeah. Um, but Do you sleep okay? Yes and no. It depends on the day. I sleep on my floor actually most of the time. Walk on your table. You sleep on your floor. <laughs> I mean, it's just real. Yeah. I use a lot of ice. Like I'm, I'm getting better at knowing how to take care of myself. Like what, what I'm gonna do that's gonna irritate it the next day, mm-hmm. or, or how, how is it gonna feel if I do this? Um, but one thing I like also kind of hate is I have so many people that are like, oh, you're such an inspiration and you're doing so well. And I'm like, because I'm on fucking camera. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. right? You're seeing the highlight reels. Yeah. But I kind of just like it happened and I can't change it. I have to just accept it and breathe through it. Does being an inspiration bother you? Yeah. Because I feel like I didn't do anything. Like everyone, everyone keeps telling me I'm an inspiration for them. And I just feel like I just like got up and walked, (laughs) you know, like I'm just like I just got out of bed and walked and they're like, wow, you're an inspiration. But I don't know. Maybe that's me like holding holding it back or something. So I think it's also just like the way that you're comporting yourself is not through this like victim lens, you know, like you just like like incessantly um, like turned it into like I'm just going to move through this like I'm not going to like dwell on the negative and I'm not going to like try to get pitied you know I think a lot of people want to be pitied yes which is relish in their pain ooky it's a little bit ooky and I think those people like you know tend to stay um in the I don't know it's like you know people that just like love being sick yes that are always sick yes I'm like you're kind of participating I feel like you're whether it's manifesting this whether it's allowing this I don't know I know that's not like science technically but I'm like you love being sick your brain can make you that way Mm -hmm. your brain can totally make you whether it's psychosomatic or whether Mm -hmm. it's your you know uh it just you know I think it keeps you in the state that you're in I think you're not going to heal as well if you're not visualizing like getting better and it seems like you're just like a get up off the ground type of bitch Totally. And I think I think I, I see why it's annoying. It bothers me too. Yeah. When someone's like, you inspired me to overcome your eating disorder. I'm like, I didn't try to do that. I just like Yeah, I just did it. And I'm actually kind of annoyed that I shared it. Cause yeah. now like I'm now I'm embarrassed that I shared all that. Like yeah. I wrote a book, I was just trying to be honest, and I wish I hadn't, frankly, because now I have to think about it all the time. And it's yeah. like I'm thought of as that, you know. So it's like I wasn't trying to inspire you. I was kind of just trying to like not be full of shit and tell yeah. the truth. But it's like I think that you're just you probably don't know how um uncommon it is for someone to be 
as resilient as you. Yeah. Well, I also wish people would just stop like talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like the thing like on Twitter, like it's just like constantly that's the only question people ask me now is like how's your back you know and it's just so redundant yeah to where i'm just like you know like like you play video games all day how's your back yours is probably worse than mine yeah like uh when i was on my vacation that article that came out i was actually happy about because i was like oh it's saying like adriana's partying in mykonos like smoking hashish and i was like this is the first article that's come out where like Maybe you guys will see that, like, I'm okay. Yeah. And even if I'm not okay to you, yeah. it's not your job to keep asking me if I'm okay. Yeah. You know, like, I I, I love people for caring. Yeah. But it's also uh, a lot sh- a lot more stressful. And they also uh, unknowingly kind of put a burden on you by constantly having to remind you or constantly yeah, yeah, having yeah. to have you be like, no, I am fine. Like, it's just... It's, or it's like you're trying to feel weird. sorry for me or like get in all my trauma yeah. or something. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah. it is also just like, it's this very unique situation where like just some wild thing was caught on camera. Oh my God. And they actually ended up getting a towel to put it in front because so many people were there like taking pictures. Why did it take so long for them to get you? Um... I don't know. It they I'm, they also moved me four times um, prior to the EMT getting there. They also put my – they were moving my head trying to put my hair up out of my face. So they did a lot of terrible things. I got so lucky that this random dude, if I ever find him, I'd love to give him a hug, uh, ran over after about 20 minutes of them trying to move me. And he was like, I'm an EMT. I saw what happened. She either slipped something or broke something. You were damaging her more. And he grabbed my hand and he looked at me and he was like, you're going to be okay. I'm going to make them stop moving you. Oh, God. And like him holding my hand and just telling me like, it's okay. And these people are going to stop touching you made it so much better and like literally got me through the last like 40 minutes until I was able to get in that ambulance. That's so awesome, dude. Yeah, he was the best guy ever and he was also really hot. He was like, Shalom, sir. Yeah. Would you recall anything about this man? <laughs> please come forward, identify yourself, yes, sir. Please, I would love to know you. Okay, so then let's stop talking about that. Um, do you ever see yourself settling down and living a domestic life? It seems like uh, you kind of answered that. Yeah, I do. I do. I definitely think so. I I definitely think I could lead a normal life. Oh, this is – I do think that, that you know, people say this kind of about comedians and then I I think this of, of, of sex workers and people that have, you know, have – I think you're like uniquely qualified to understand human nature like mm-hmm. no one else does because you see people not pretending. You see people sort of like at their most authentic or like um, least sh- ashamed yes. or something, you know, and uh, uninhibited. What do you think the foot fetish is? If you had to guess – why it's so big? Like why? Yes. There's a couple theories about it. I'm just obsessed with it. Without any judgments or kink shaming, I'm just fascinated. Well, I like feet too. Okay. Tell um, me. And I think the reason why I like feet and the reason why I think it's such a big thing is it represents femininity. Ooh. Because the way a woman has her arch in her feet or the way her toes are, mm-hmm. and also feet are very delicate. Yep. And well, they are let things me show that you hold mine. up your whole body. Ooh, right? they're strong, they're delicate. Yeah. It's the most important part of your body. If you didn't have your toes, you couldn't balance, you'd fall over. But so it's not because toes look like little dicks. No! <laughs> what? <laughs> oh that my God, somebody said that! <laughs> that's, 
That's Sigmund Freud's theory on it. Oh my god! <laughs> my toes do not look like little dicks. Oh no! Okay, mine look like big dicks. Oh my god! That's hysterical. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's like that's like that's like the theory of like the pimple popping theory, like where girls like to pop pimples because it reminds them of like cum coming out. Oh yeah, and I love cum yeah. coming towards my face really quickly. <laughs> yes. I didn't think about that. I yes. love popping pimples. Yeah, but there's a huge theory that women like it because it's the same same thing as oops. It's the same. <laughs> Hold on, wait. What's happening here? Oh goodness. There we go. Because it's the just same retired. Thing as- <laughs> Doesn't know her way around a phallus. That was fast. Because uh, it's the same thing as like jerking off a dick. You're gonna get a white explosion in your face. And that's also part of why men like guns, right? Because it's like <laughs> shooting. So. You Probably. know, like it's, they have it's a little like coming. Like, yes, yeah. it's like, it's weird how they associate these like weird things to us. Like my dude, I got those Elon Musk flamethrowers. Uh-huh. Elon Musk made these like flamethrowers that just has like gasoline and just like spits fire out. Uh-huh. I have to get you one for next time you get swatted, <laughs> dude. You'll just, I'll just fucking... live out my flame, <laughs> dude. You're. I'm gonna give you a flamethrower next time you go hiking when oh someone tries to God. mess with you. You just set them on fire. The next wildfires <laughs> did not start by me. <laughs> Yeah. And the first time he shot it off, he literally went. <sighs> I was like, "Did you just?" <laughs> he just had an Yeah. I was like, "He's like that's kind of what shooting guns like is." And I was like, <laughs> "That's hysterical." The other theory about the um, the t- and these are just psychiatrists like being masturbatory and it's probably their own weird stuff that they're projecting onto us. Cathexis, the theory that like when babies crawl across carpet and they see their mom's toes it's like it feels good on their genitals and Mm -hmm. they're like looking at feet and like cathexis happens in their brain that's bizarre that's a bizarre take it feels like it's like reaching a little bit i feel like it's reaching because i know guys that have developed a feet fetish Mm -hmm. because of me or like didn't have it before like it's not innate yeah yeah and they've developed it so that one just sounds a little bizarre to me yeah it's also like you know fetishes change like maybe he he's like only addicted to certain feet or Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that do you need your guys to be pedicured no. Okay. I mean, I don't like nasty feet, but I'm also somebody that like likes likes men. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also not judgmental. Like to be honest, like if you like if you have really stinky feet, I'm gonna be like wash them. Mm-hmm. Like if you have like feet smelling, like if your fucking body smells, yeah. like that's just people. Do you like, prefer pubes that. or no pubes? Um, well, I have a bush, but I think hair is like super important to protect you. Yeah, I like it was meant to protect you, dude. My dude is like a bald cat. A younger guys, they're all. Oh, just... I don't like it. For, I don't. I hate a. I hate a bald. I like, I don't a, like a bald. I dick. need some pubes, yeah. man. Yeah. It's like you have to fight tooth and nail to get pubes. I'm gonna yeah. buy him a merkin. It's kind of weird though when they shave it all off. And I think it's not like totally. You know, it's not big chemo energy, mm-hmm. but it's you know, it's kind of like. I just I like a I like hair on toes, hair on fingers, yeah. hair. On, I like just like yeah. you know. Well, hair has its own like oils that give off pheromones, so that's another Ooh. reason why I like hair down there on me and my partners. I think it's like guys think it makes their <laughs> look bigger. I'm like I know what you're. I know how big your <laughs> and if I it, like it's not this optical illusion yeah. that you just saw. Either way, it's gonna be. Ins- I'm gonna know yes. sooner or later how big it is. Totally, you totally. know. Um, Ooh, fuck, Mary kill. Donkey Kong, Kirby, Pikachu. Oh, okay. Um, 
Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) This is a little uh, sneak peek of your podcast life. Oh, I think I would kill Donkey Kong because he just seems like crazy and just yeah. be like throwing bananas everywhere. <laughs> I don't know if I want that type of life. Um, and who were the other two? Pikachu and Pikachu and Kirby. Kirby. Oh, Kirby's annoying as fuck. Um, so I just fuck him. <laughs> and I married Pikachu. That'd be Aww. nice. I never have to pay for like electricity. You know, I just like. Spark up the house, babe. What are your top favorite video games? Like, if I'm going to start playing video games, where should I start? My dude is very into this. Um, And we got, I have the PlayStation now. I have the other Xbox. I have them all. Like, where would I start? So I would say Elden Ring is the best. That's his favorite game. Yeah, that's like, it's such an amazing game. It's such an exploratory game. So Elden Ring, um, I would say after that, uh, Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order is the first one Mm because it's just cool to have lightsaber yeah um i don't know if you like star wars even if you don't it's just really fucking cool and then uh this is an indie game but it's called stray and you are a cat in a post-apocalyptic world and there's some really heart-wrenching moments and some beautiful moments and it's only a like 20 hour video game but you actually play as the cat and the designers did so well at making you do cat shit that like there'd be like beaded <laughs> curtains and i'd be like i'm just going to play in this and then like 20 minutes later my chat's like what the fuck are you doing and i'm like i don't know these curtains feel fun you know <laughs> or like roll the ball down the hill or something oh do you do this with the headset on no, no, no. That's just, like, just reg. Yeah, just on uh, PlayStation. What is up with the headset? Like, did VR porn ever catch on? Because Apple is trying to launch the new <sighs> one. I hate VR porn. I think it's like terrifying. It's ter- Have you ever watched it? It seems it's terrifying. Nausea. Like, it makes me a little sick. The only way I think someone can truly like VR porn is if they like, like, gigantic porn. Because, like, I'm just like, everything's so big. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what the it's fuck? Like, FIFO, yeah. come. It just feels huge to me. So that's why I feel like it's scary. And also, like, the first time I saw my pussy <laughs> in VR, I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, see anything that close. Like... Like, it's like when fans tweet, they're like, watching you on my 62-inch. I'm like, ew, get the f*** off there. Go back to your yeah, cell phone. I have a little tiny f- yeah. Why are you making it look, like, gigantic? It scares me. How embarrassing. Yeah, it feels like it hasn't really, I don't know, that, Pat, isn't the the, the Apple goggles are out? They're Augmented reality. They're coming out in probably uh, I don't know. Just to, like, watch movies on and stuff. Yeah. Well, you. Yeah. You can do anything, including have your wife divorce you. In, I just feel like mm. it's a way to just check out entirely. Yeah. If I walked in and saw my dude, just like I'd be like, dude, like, yeah, this can't be good. Yeah. Are you getting it? You're getting it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're comedy? right. People really do want to ask you the same questions, don't they? Yeah. What is your – I'm going to remix this into into a good question. What is your ideal date? My ideal date? I don't even know if I can answer this, so I'm excited. <laughs> so my ideal date would be um, being woken up with Eggs Benedict. Ooh. Then going to Disneyland. Oh, okay. Are you a Disney adult? I'm a Disney fucking obsessive freak. Okay. I Disney bound. I'm crazy. So do you go with friends? Do you go? I have friends that go alone because they – Both. Wild. Both. Both. Have you done the the back behind the scenes pass where they like take you? No, I refuse. 
I don't want to see what it's like back there. It's like I keep the magic alive. And it's so funny because like if I ever go with any other sex workers and they start talking about sex, I get like really like, don't ruin this. This is Disney. You know, like I feel like it's like my only child experience and child fun. So I go a lot. So I think my perfect date would be Disney. And then we would probably leave before the fireworks so we could come back and hike with my dogs. And then just maybe like chill by my fire pit. Cute. Yeah. Did you not get to go to Disneyland as a kid? No, never. I didn't get anything. I not nothing. See, I grew up in like work, working on farms and shit. The Amish farms, right? <laughs> Amish farms. Um, I don't trust people that farms. didn't do some kind of farm work growing up. Yeah, you don't. No. <laughs> I was telling. I was trying to tell my friend um, when my back was better. I want to have like a bale off. I don't know if you know what it is. I, it, who can carry the most amount of bales? I have hay bales right outside right now. Yeah. We can do that. They're fucking right. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm good at it. I was trying, I was telling my friend, he's like, no. Oh, I was like, I'm telling you, I was 12 years old. It's a science. You got to get things. them on your shoulders. Yeah. Yes. They're very cumbersome, oblong. And what people don't realize about hay bales, they're spiky as shit. Yes. 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 Unless you have alfalfa or whatever. But <laughs> was growing up around animals, do you feel like that taught you a lot about? Um... You know what's crazy is I didn't have empathy for animals and I didn't even want to be around am animals until I met my first dog. Mm. Um, I think it's because I was so tired of them because yeah. I, I would take care of them so much. They were like a chore. Like, yeah, same thing with like children. I, I'm ironically so good with children, but for like the longest time, I hated even being in a room with kids because I would be forced to stay home from school to watch all these other kids, these random kids in foster cares all the time. Sure. To where it was just like, it was insane. So. Kids like took me a second also because they're so like needy and mm -hmm. it like, it's just like, I want this. And you're like, yeah, everyone wants that. Everyone yeah. wants to eat candy all the time. Like yeah. you can't do that, you know? And yeah. sort of like, I think for me, it also helped me once I was able to unlock the secret of just treat them kind of like adults like they kind of want to be treated like adults anyway yeah because i was like i'm not gonna baby a baby there's no point you know mm -hmm. but when you're like treat a toddler like you know play to the top of their intelligence it starts to be a little bit more fun yes when and people are like you're just a baby i'm like do you want to drive the car they're like i love her you know like <laughs> you know what i think i think the cool part and i think the reason why i've changed is i recently got a puppy and i know it's not a child but for me it is um and watching her discover the world is so awesome like just watching her like do things or be afraid of things, love things and grow into her own person. That's where I can see the joy of like kids and having a kid or being mm -hmm. around kids because like all the way up to 18, they're still learning how to like be in society and stuff like that. So I think the magic of children and teens and stuff is watching them just discover life. So and then going like, I was there relive too it. once. I, yeah. yeah, you get to relive it through them. You're like, wow, this is amazing. You're This is great for you. I'm happy. And then you're watching like, oh, that's like where it went wrong. For, like yes. I can see how like everyone is born good and, and open-hearted and mm -hmm. then the world just breaks them down over time. Like yes. no one's born an asshole. Well, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I mean – Look, I'm not the person to ask, but you know, <laughs> animals have really helped me, dogs especially, because they're like, if I just like saw myself the way my dog sees me, yeah, that's like half the battle, self esteem wise. Yeah, I wish I could do that. You're so right. I'm like, I love my dog so much. I trust my dog's judgment more than uh -huh. anyone. My dog, like, when I'd bring dudes home that were no good, she'd be like, you know, yeah. and I'm like, then why don't I trust? 
her judgment on me. Yeah. You know, she thinks I'm cool. I must be not be that much of a piece of trash. That's so true. That's so true. In relationships, I feel like you probably have, you know, such a wisdom around this. Any like red flags? Like I always ask people like red flags, bottom lines. Well, I think so many red flags nowadays is just like, um, first of all, age, mm-hmm. like date within your age, your age bracket. Yeah. I don't care if older guys or whatever say girls or girls say, oh, guys mature. Mm -hmm. It's just not appropriate because older people have more um, understandability to victimize you and mold you into how they want you to be. Um, I also say uh, like any dude that's going to offer you like, hey, let's party. Because that's kind of like like if somebody's like giving you like party drugs and stuff like that, then that's like. That's also warps your your reality on how you think about them. Yeah. Um, so those are red flags because that happens Ooh. to me all the time in LA. Um, and then let's party. It's also like it's kind of saying, I don't think my personality is that great. Yeah. I don't think you'd like me otherwise. Like I yeah. need this in order to form this bond. Yes. Like I've had so many guys even recently that I'm like trying to go hang out with. One guy was like, Oh, let's go to Universal. And he's like, Why do you always ditch me? And because after he asked me to go to Universal, an hour before we were supposed to go, he's like, we're going to take some f-ing mushrooms. And I'm just like, no, bro. Like, no, I don't want to take mushrooms and be at Universal right now. You know, yeah. like, maybe when I was 23, but Dude, like, you'll not never, right now. never get out of the parking lot. No, Jurassic no. parking on mushrooms. <laughs> no. Are you insane? No, no. So I would say that's red flag. Um, and then, you know, there's this new kind of like, if it's plant medicine, it's not drugs yeah it's like we're doing ayahuasca we're doing mushrooms we're doing weed like it it, yes it comes from the earth but you're still altering and you're still sort of like not in reality you know and it can be overused yeah and what's your intention like you shouldn't listen when you're young you're gonna try everything right but like you have an intention when you're young oh to to, to try it for the first time to like get up right as you get older you start to lose an intention to do it you're just doing it to party yeah and i think if you're going to do anything that's mind altering you should have a goal for the end of it and not just we're gonna yeah we're gonna go to madewell yeah at universal yeah like (laughs) what the fuck like have you done mushrooms have you had good experiences with it um yeah i've had really good really really good experiences with it i had like a full year of my life where i just go to disney on acid (laughs) (laughs) and those are like the best days of my life dude in that case I'm a Disney adult. <laughs> I get it now. Yo, going to the Haunted Mansion when it is the Christmas theme on acid is <laughs> fucking wild. You're just like, this is the best thing ever. Why is everyone here so little? Yes. And it's are crazy. these children or midgets? <laughs> and it's crazy because no one cares because like Disney has so many type of people. Like you can just be fucked <laughs> up and they don't even notice, you know? <laughs> Like, I was, like, stuck in, in one of the chairs, like, laughing one time. And I was like, ah! And I couldn't get out. And the lady just walks by and she's like, oh, clip, you know? It's just sort of like, you guys, all the adults here are wearing mouse ears. Yeah. You think they're sober? Yeah, exactly. So it's a good time. But then, but, like, has it helped at all with, like, the trauma stuff and, like, you know, with, like, doing mushrooms? Um, So I actually, uh, one time during the pandemic, uh, did mushrooms and acid together and it was so strong. It actually it was the catalyst for everything that I'm going through now. Ugh. Yeah, I saw. I saw. It was really weird. So, um, once I was high, I saw different doorways on my wall, and then I felt like I was inside my mind. And each doorway was a different perspective of me and my mom. And 
that really sent me into a loop. I actually went and I was stuck in a mental hospital for like seven days. Um, Did you call for help or did someone no my friend the next day I, I i took i only took two sleeping pills but i was like come over to my house because i'm around my fire picks the next day i was like unhinged um and she was like i'm on hinge or unhinged unhinged okay yeah, i was unhinged. like that's the worst part of this story no, unhinged, unhinged. <laughs> if you went on hinge we need to get you no into the hospital. <laughs> no um and she was just really like worried about me so she she just dropped me off she was like i think this is what you need to do which um in a way it was good that all those things happened but being stuck in a a, a, a sane asylum uh the first week of the pandemic was very scary because it was also one that like local people's like the 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 bad area, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So like there were like a guy was like, I'm here because I wanted to murder someone. So I said if I was crazy, I wouldn't get in trouble, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the most bizarre thing about the whole situation is I shared a room with this girl who wouldn't stop masturbating. She had like a masturbation problem. And she was literally Did she have it before me, she knew she was sharing a room with you? Yeah, she had no idea who it was. I walked okay. in and she was like, sorry, I'm a chronic masturbator. I masturbate all the time, you know? And I was just like, what the fuck are the odds of this? And like You're everything- like, I have like, a number uh, where you can make a lot of money. Yeah, and I'm just like, fuck, I can't touch this light switch. I can't fucking touch these curtains. By the way, I love that that's only insane if you don't do it on OnlyFans. Yeah. It's exactly. only insane that you're doing it for free exactly. here. I would wake up to like, stop it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going more insane here, you know? So it was really, really ironic. Did it, do you feel like it was good that you just were able to remove yourself for a second? Or was, do you feel like it was just like, comparatively, I'm really sane and I can go home? Oh, uh, well, I laid in, I actually most of the time laid in the bed and I kept thinking I was my mother. Like, oh shit, because she was in mental hospitals on and off. Mm. So it actually, I think, broke me more. But if I didn't get out and have that experience to realize like those are my fears and if I didn't have the moment of feeling so broken, I wouldn't have sought help. So that's the first time in my life I was ever like, wow, we need help and we need to figure out what's going on in here. And I refer to myself as we because there's two people, Yeah, you know? So yeah. it was a good thing in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, I think that that those hallucinogens, like it seems like everyone loves doing them and they can go, you know, and for me, it's like we did mushrooms on a live podcast and I was like, oh, this kind of just, you know, it was such a low dosage. It made me almost, it almost felt like adderall or something. Like I just like yeah. could talk really fast and think really quickly because I wasn't like bogged down by shame and embarrassment and don't say that. You're being yeah. an idiot. You know, and uh and then when my mom died, I did some microdosing mushrooms and I was not thriving. I was like angry, like yeah. anger came up, you know, and I think I guess for a lot of people that don't have as much trauma, maybe it's just more fun and exploratory and like we're yeah. one with plants. I'm like, I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, I had so much anger. I had so much rage. I had so much trauma. I was like, oh, like I don't. I don't think this is, you know, for me, because I know so many people in L.A. that are just microdosing mushrooms kind of all day, every day. Yeah. And I'm just like, whenever, like, hallucinogens come into the picture now, I'm like, I don't want to get stuck there. Right. Like, I don't want to get stuck in whatever that was, you know, that feeling or that. And it tricked me a little Psychosis, bit. Psychosis, I guess. Because, yeah, I was like, I couldn't cry. Like, after my mom died, I couldn't cry. And I felt guilty that I didn't feel worse. And she had been in a bed for 12 years and our, obviously, relationship very, you know, fraught. And um, 
And I just was like, anger was coming up. And yeah. I know anger is just sadness, but I was like, I need to get, I just need to cry ultimately. Yeah. I need to grieve this thing. And mm -hmm. it was just like my ego or my psyche just trying to fight grieving. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was like, I've never had anger before. And I was like, I thought mushrooms were supposed to make you like happy indigo dye your own fedoras. No, they want you to figure it. Mushrooms are from the earth. It wants you to figure out your shit. You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, anger's coming up. I'm not this yeah. person. So I just need to like cry and like maybe down the line it's a tool but yeah. I think in general like I'm tr I'm trying to you know I haven't for you know since then done any substances like at all really yeah. but like I even went off I was taking Lunesta to sleep like I was kind of just like you know because you convince yourself well if I just sleep more I'll be fine yeah. you know but after my mom died I realized you know there was so much stuff that you know like pain you got to just like feel it mm -hmm. and like all these ways of trying to get out of it whether it's like work sex chronic masturbating anything like i was just like i just have to like feel this because it's just like crystallizing inside yeah. me and grief is so shitty grief is my first experience with grief this was my dog so it's just been so crazy it's like the craziest experience because some days i'll just like some days i'm just like today i'm not doing anything i'm just gonna lay in bed and cry and then some days I'll wake up and I still, it's been eight months, I'll wake up and I'll call his name and then I'll forget. And that really breaks my heart. So Well, surrendering is like often the first, just being able to be in bed and cry and be sad about it. Yeah. Cause like I'll, I just go into like, I'm going to just schedule, like I'm going to do a 50 city tour and I'm going to like get your mind off do of this, it. this, this, but it's just like crying. It's like, that's the only way to get through. And then to be able to go like, you know, and again, like you know, some of the trauma therapy really helped me, but just like sobbing, crying, like, oh, like <laughs> yeah, that belting. kind of crying. Belting, belting, yes. And because also, well, see, I'm now I'm, I'm going to release some emotion of animals, dogs, like there's no way to get out of it. Whereas yeah. like grieving, you know, my dad and my mom, you can take a day off by going, well, he was kind of an asshole. Yeah. And you can sort of go into anger mm -hmm. as a way to not be in the sadness for a day or you can just, you know. But like dogs, you can never say, well, he was an – you can never do that. Yeah. It was just this unconditional he, love. He was the best. And it sucks the most because we never recovered the body, just the mess. So that really sucks because my heart like knows he's dead, but a lot of my heart still is like, what if? So like sometimes I drive by those mountains and I just like – I'm like, maybe you're just still out there um, because he was just so awesome. <laughs> And sometimes I go there and I just lay where I found all this blood because I just want to be close oh. to him. It's like, it's almost like, it, I don't know why it hurts that I just couldn't get anything, you yeah. know? And that's like another reason why I feel like I haven't gotten over it because I'm like, I just have nothing to hold on to. Yeah. Like, I, I'm so lucky I found his old harness that had hair in it because I'm like, that's all I have left. Ooh. And it's, it's so crazy. It's just, I've never felt it before. I miss him. Have you gotten a tattoo? I'm getting. I'm, I'm actually. It gonna helps. Get, I'm gonna get his face right here. It really helps. Who's gonna do it? I don't know yet because I don't. I've never gotten a tattoo. I I don't know anybody that Doctor Wu would. I think would be perfect. It's really? like it's um. Yeah, I've started the process of. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's nothing. There's and I think that you know people like us like when you never had unconditional love like when you get that you know it's like. God so damn nice. it. You <laughs> god damn it. Um I know. And then uh whew, and uh it's like you've never had that feeling before. You know, at least I've yeah. never had that feeling before. And my dogs are just like 
my life, you know, and um, but having like a sort of some sort of permanent imprint of them, yeah. like really helps like remind us that like, even when they're gone, you know, the what the way that they changed our hearts is permanent and yeah. always stays with us, you know, yeah. and um, but dude, God damn it. And it's also <laughs> like dogs, they also do this other magical thing where, you know, when we grieve them, like other grief comes. I mean, it's like old yeah. grief comes up, old stuff comes up. And, you know, even when I hear about someone else's, it's just like so much sadness comes up because yeah. they just like. They're nice. They're yeah. just the best creatures. Like my other dog, Pork, he sat with me every single day. He even got fat while I was injured. If I went to the bathroom, he'd go to the bathroom. I never asked him to do these things, but he learned how to like roll my water bottle over to me and my pill bottle over to me. So he was so nice. And another crazy thing, not to make you cry, but um, I feel bad for him because he didn't get to grieve, right, to see the body. Um, But when I was looking for him, the reason why I found the spot where – there was all the blood was because I had pork and I was saying sniff, 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 sniff. And he was the one who took me to that spot. So I'm like, oh, God, it's like even traumatic for him because there's nothing to say goodbye. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just... what are you like? And I'm also crazy because I wanted to taxidermy my dogs. <laughs> Uh, look, I wanted to taxidermy them and like put them in a frame. So I'm just like, when I, I I'm not at that bridge yet. Who knows? <laughs> I've looked into cloning. Like uh, I've that's. It's, I love that though. It's no. I mean, it's really no good. Like what it does. Like it's really inhumane. It's yeah. obviously cost a fortune. And you get them and they're like wonky. Yeah. And a lot of people that I was deep in the chat rooms of the dog cloning, and they're like, this is even worse. It's just like a bizarro version, like really? zombie version of the dog I had. The same soul's not there. It's uh. not the same dog like they just have health issues i think my new dog has part of my old dog soul i believe it i i picked her and it's so weird because he had a a broken tail so it's crooked um and he eats the dirt in one spot of my yard and he used to lay in one spot on one spot of the couch and it's so weird because when she showed up she had a broken fucking tail she lays in that one spot and she eats the same dirt so I'm like, you are a little bit of him. Like, you might not fully be him, but some part of him went to you. And his name was God, and I named her Naya, which means in no. God's hands. No. So I was like, wow, you were meant to be a part of him. So that's it's been really cool to have her. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I'm a squirter now. Just <laughs> from my face. Um, thank you so much for doing uh, this. Thank you for, thank you for having me. being such an angel. Um, so uh, we are still on OnlyFans, just not just being emotionally vulnerable. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. There's something so much kinkier about like you with your clothes on, I feel like. <laughs> I was thinking I'm going to just start doing like house chores, like just normal and just be like, what's up? This is me folding laundry, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, a lot of the, our friend Alex, who um, uh, is head of marketing at OnlyFans, who had that cam girl company before, he's like, a lot of the biggest ones were just like doing chores. Like someone yeah. just kind of wants a companion. Totally. You can't jerk off all day. Yeah. I mean, that woman can that you shared a room with. She really fucking can. It's really wild. <laughs> you know, but it's also just sometimes like just, you know, uh, who there was some. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there was someone else on OnlyFans that kind of just did like really basic stuff, and you know, I think mm-hmm. some people, I think, go for a lot of. I mean, I'm putting comedy on there, you know, yeah. and people are going instead of dirty photos and dirty videos. I'm doing like dirty jokes, like jokes I can't tell other places, or I'll get canceled, or like totally. you know, the beginning version of a joke where you're like trying to figure it out, and like yeah. I haven't cracked it yet, but if I try it out on stage and someone's filming with their camera phone before it's ready. 
you know, what's going to happen, yeah. you know? So it's like, I think that it's already becoming so popular for other reasons. And I see like, you know, so many people doing well on their, I think it's just like evolving and changing a lot. Totally. And I then OFT agree. TV. Yeah. I've done Do a few of idea? those. Um, no, but I think. I oh, we already have it. It's you doing, you work in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Adriana does it. Yeah, like I'm so in. Um, you're an angel. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right, don't ride elephants. Goodbye. Hey, Sue Joe's input is general psychological information based on research and clinical experience. It is intended to be general and informational in nature. It does not represent or indicate established clinical or professional relationship with those inquiring for guidance. Also, just because you might have heard something on the show that sounds similar to what you've been experiencing, beware, excuse me, of self-diagnosis. And that Coca-Cola, which got me good. Diagnosis is not required to find relief, and you'll want to find a qualified professional to assess and explore diagnoses, if that's important to you. If you or your partner are in crisis and uncertain of whether you can maintain safety, reach out for support. Crisis hotlines, local authorities have a safety plan that can be done with a therapist, too.